Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. The hour, we're going to talk about this claim by President Biden that the pandemic's over. There's a cost to this. And there's widespread criticism for his comments. We're going to deal with that in a bit. First, Transformation Tuesday. Some of you, many of you, probably will not be familiar with rapper Lecrae. He has some wise words that I think are worthy to communicate to you today. And it's kind of interesting because I, I would apply what he has to say to other situations in my life, which I may come back to later if time permits. Here's the headline in Faithwire. Lecrae urges Christians to deconstruct in healthy ways. Says Christ himself did this. Urging believers to deconstruct aspects of their faith in healthy ways, even claiming Jesus did this during his earthly ministry. One type of deconstruction actually involves using scripture to deconstruct unhealthy ideas and practices. Ooh, I like that. This is what he explained in a Twitter thread. Christ himself did this by deconstructing the Pharisees' interpretation of Scripture. You've heard it said, but I say, using Scripture to challenge things. Healthy. Deconstruction. The 42-year-old recording artist argued becomes problematic when people interpret the Bible and Jesus' words through a lens of current cultural trends by using culture to challenge Scripture. This is where so many young people are. They've basically turned everything on its head because they've been brainwashed by an increasingly secularized society. Lecrae says this often leads to culture taking precedence over scripture, and sadly, people begin to deconstruct themselves out of the faith. We begin to question the Bible because it doesn't line up with culture. That is unhealthy. See, this is the heart of progressivism, isn't it? Progressivism is the idea that, you know, we're getting better and better. We're improving. And so we see standards change. We see morals change. We see ethics change. At the heart of this, we see a rejection of the divine and the supernatural. And what is embraced instead, the temporal, the superficial. 
what is human rather than what is divine. Lecrae ended his Twitter thread by noting he has gone on his own deconstruction journey and said it's left him with a Christian faith that is stronger than ever. The goal is not to tear everything down and live there. First is construction, then deconstruction, then reconstruction. Reconstruction leads to a stronger faith when you've thrown out unhealthy views and see Christ clearer. Many movements from the Reformation to the Civil Rights Movement involve deconstruction using Scripture and then reconstruction. I offer this as an encouragement to those struggling. My faith is stronger than ever. I've been there and healing is possible. Not surprisingly, if this is Twitter after all, Lecrae was met with a blend of responses. Some praised his understanding of deconstruction. Others saw this as problematic. Lecrae engaged with one critic who told the recording artist nobody should gatekeep deconstruction and noted he still has faith but no longer identifies as Christian. Hmm. I love this. This is brilliant of Lecrae. I'm curious, what do you have faith in? Also, Christianity has so many iterations and misinterpretations. Are you done with Christ as Messiah or simply the way people are implementing the faith around you? Like, are you disconnected from the Korean church, Ethiopian? The Twitter user, whose bio includes the hashtag, exvangelical, never responded. These are important questions, and he's right on the money. Because increasingly, I hear people talk about things, they use phrases like, uh, words like spiritual, and my faith. You know, your faith is wonderful. What is it in? Is it in Christ, or is it in yourself? Or is it in the universe? Or something really weird and outlandish? So, Lecrae's point is very, very appropriate for this time. We cannot allow the culture to push us in a particular direction. We've got to be discerning and be willing to do some deconstruction. Now, I would add... Some of that deconstruction needs to take place with some of our religious practices that are not, frankly, rooted in Scripture, but are rooted in tradition, or sometimes even in paganism itself. But I digress. Love to get your thoughts. The bottom line is, this entire process should be fluid for everybody. Nobody should remain the same. And, you know, this is something that's vital for me. The people that I engage, I fellowship with, um, I want to be people who are growing, not simply existing, not simply making a profession of something and not walking it out. But it's a dynamic, ongoing process. Very important to remember that. Before the break, you heard from Joe Biden talking about the pandemic, saying it's over. This was a CBS 60 Minutes interview. 
Now there's criticism over his COVID emergency power usage, mask wearing, ongoing mask and vaccine mandates across the country, with conservatives slamming his alleged overreaching power and leftists criticizing the irresponsible claim. Our good friend Thomas Massey from Kentucky offered a similar critique, writing, if the pandemic's over, as Biden says, then all of the president's emergency powers predicated on a pandemic all COVID vax mandates, the emergency powers of every governor, emergency use authorizations, and the PREP Act should all be voided tomorrow. Oh, my gosh. Biden also garnered criticism for choosing to mask up in recent weeks, a move which contradicts his claim. Conservative radio host Buck Sexton tweeted screenshots of a Daily Mail article featuring a masked Biden Attacking on the critique that he wore masks outdoors as recently as two weeks ago. Outdoors. And now he's saying the pandemic's over. Because guess what? The election's coming up. And he's completely full of crap. (laughs) Again, that is Buck Sexton. Well, more on this and get your thoughts. As we continue our Tuesday broadcast, stay with us. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. You know, it's absolutely amazing to see some of the responses to the story about Joe Biden declaring the pandemic to be over. I mean, you would expect some conservatives to say what they're saying, asking why emergency order is still in effect in several U.S. states. Children still being masked in public schools, unvaccinated children prohibited from playing sports in certain areas. Why? If the pandemic's over. Our good friend Charles C.W. Cook, reflecting on Biden's call to end Title 42 earlier this year, saying his declaration confirms the illegality of his attempt to transfer hundreds of billions of dollars of student debt to the taxpayer. This was all done based on the pretext of an emergency situation. 
left-leaning critics frustrated by Biden's alleged attempts to gloss over the dangers of COVID-19 tweeted their outrage. Like Dr. Lucky Tran, a science communicator affiliated with Columbia University, wrote, After complaining for two years, it's the pandemic of the unvaccinated. The president did maybe the single worst thing anyone could do to lower vaccination rates. Prematurely declare the pandemic is over. Ooh. In a separate tweet, Tran countered Biden's claim with data from Johns Hopkins University showcasing an incline in COVID-19 deaths over the last 12 months. MSNBC host Mehdi Hassan voiced his disdain with the claim as well, saying one of the many reasons people were not wearing masks is because people like Biden keep falsely telling them the pandemic's over. Epidemiologist Eric Feigl-Ding wrote on Monday, the end of the pandemic is not even close, adding the evolution of new virus variants is not done yet, and transmission is still very high. Among others, while activist and former Ohio State Senator Nina Turner called the president's claims highly irresponsible and misleading. The president's taking it from all sides here. And for good reason. He's all over the map. Acting in one way with policy and another way with rhetoric. And this also carries over to China policy. You know the Chinese are just watching right now and salivating, right? They are thrilled to death by the fecklessness they see out of Mr. Magoo. I want you to hear this interview, and it's really interesting. I have got to hand it to you. I really have to hand it to Scott Pelley from CBS News, who interviewed Joe Biden for the 60 Minutes segment for doing some real journalism. Don't take my word for it. Listen, because he talks to the president... And then he shares some of the contradictions of the president's policy from staff members. Listen up on China what policy. Chinese President Xi know about your commitment to Taiwan? We agree with what we signed on to a long time ago. And that there's one China policy and Taiwan makes their own judgments about their independence. We are not moving. We're not encouraging them being independent. We're not. Let, that's their decision. But would U.S. forces defend the island? Yes, if in fact there was an unprecedented attack. After our interview, a White House official told us U.S. policy has not changed. Officially, the U.S. will not say whether American forces would defend Taiwan. But the commander-in-chief had a view of his own. So unlike Ukraine, to be clear, sir, U.S. forces, U.S. men and women, would defend Taiwan in the event of a Chinese invasion. Yes. Oh, boy. I mean, the people in this administration, I mean, they just have to be beside themselves with all these gaffes. Now, what has traditionally taken place in regard to China policy is ambiguity. There's never been the 
communication boldly. Militarily, we are going to intervene and protect Taiwan. This was never what was communicated in the past. And so this is what the administration wanted to walk back. We shouldn't be saying that we're going to send troops. See, now the question is, is the Chinese government, are they going to call our bluff? If they have doubts about the resolve of this country, is now the time to test it. And this is another reason why I tell you we're in very dangerous times. Very dangerous times. That we should not take lightly at all. Very dangerous situation. Love to get your thoughts on how this is being processed. I want to set the table for this. We are going to need some more time on debating which one of these is, um, you know, I think we're going to save this story about the transgender situation for tomorrow. I want to put more time into that. But I do want to set the table for a discussion about 2024. Now, I think we played for you some audio from the same 60 Minutes interview where Joe Biden's pretty much indicating he has not made a decision about 2024. He's basically saying my heart is there in in terms of making a decision, but I'm not there yet. As you might expect, there are a number of people out there who are just salivating at the opportunity because they do see wide open opportunity. I think Joe Biden's quite vulnerable. You've seen all these polls indicating that most Democrats don't even want him to run again. This is an opportunity of a lifetime. I mean, and who's going to be the next person up to bat? Kamala? She's certainly not going to run against him. So there are people who are lining up behind the scenes, sizing up the situation, And hoping that ultimately Joe Biden does not run. If not, this could be a huge opportunity for them. Coming up in the broadcast, I'm going to talk about the person who's probably at the top of that list. He's trying to gain some traction. You know what's really interesting? Wasn't it just two years ago? Or maybe even last year? This guy was pretty much fighting for his political life in a recall effort. And now he's energized, and he is primed and ready for battle. Somebody who probably better be taken seriously. And it certainly should uh, play a role in who we choose in 2024. We'll talk about this character and much more as we continue.
Back on the broadcast over on the text line. This texture is right on the money. Gavin Newsom is the new John Edwards. All show, no go. You know, that is a brilliant observation. John Edwards, remember him? Former senator here in North Carolina. And this guy, he was thought to be the future of the Democrat Party. Oh my goodness, did he crash and burn. This person wondering whether a Mr. Magoo's mouth is going to get us into another war. I hope we do not see another term of this because best case scenario, he runs again and somebody like DeSantis or Paul mops the floor with him. But I'm hoping we can save the midterms this November. Also, no to Gavin Newsom. <laughs> this person refers to him as Gavin Newsolini. <laughs> Pretty good there, Jeff. Pretty clever. On the open borders issue, just wondering, is there a country in existence today that is not the product of the usurpation of power from a previous generation people or government? Are there any peoples or countries that are innocent of such throughout their history? How far back must we go to determine true ownership and entitlement? Love your show and ministry, brother. God bless you. You know, you, I would love the fact, the depth of the question you raise. At what point do we determine legitimacy? How many generations do we go back and say this is their land or this, this group's land or that group's land? I think these are fair questions. If we're going to start going down that road. It's very, very important that we resolve this. And I've told you before, one of my convictions about this is if you have concerns about the legitimacy of the United States of America, the most legitimate thing you can do is deport yourself. If you don't think we belong here, that we're illegitimate, deport yourself. It's really important to consider that. So, I told you, waiting in the wings, the rap has done an exclusive. How Gavin Newsom is unequivocally running for president in 2024 if Biden does not. Describing this as a situation where he's undeniably, unequivocally planning to run for president in 2024 if Joe Biden chooses not to seek a second term. After this midterm election is over, he absolutely is going to announce he's running for the presidency once Biden announces he's not running. No ifs, ands, or buts. He will if Biden does not. A second individual close to the governor, a Los Angeles philanthropist with deep connections in the Democratic Party, a long history of fundraising for its candidates, confirmed Newsom's intention to run. The question is, is Biden running again? You heard that 60 Minutes interview where he said his intention is to run again. Is that a firm decision? Remains to be seen. Officially, Newsom, a Democrat, is expected to win very easily a second term in the gubernatorial race this November. Has said he has sub-zero interest in running for president in 2024. I think we all knew that was a big lie. 
Officially, a staffer in Newsom's administration reiterated that statement to the rep. But his recent actions have already begun to create a much higher profile for the former San Francisco mayor beyond California. On Friday, the governor was in the news when he launched billboard campaigns in Texas, Indiana, Mississippi, Ohio, South Carolina, South Dakota, and Oklahoma attacking abortion restrictions in those individual states. These are not the actions of a person who's simply wanting to be governor of California. The U.S. Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade has become a wedge issue in elections across the country. Newsom's billboards direct people to a website, abortion.ca.gov, with information on how to obtain an abortion in California. Last week, Newsom also issued a public debate challenge to Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, who's emerged in recent polls as Republicans' best bet to challenge Biden in 2024 with a quip, I'll bring my hair gel, you bring your hairspray. <laughs> but the first big clue the governor's political plans, plans extend beyond the Golden State occurred in July. Newsom ran an ad campaign that aired in Florida and Ohio, criticizing the Republican Party's shift to the right on issues like abortion and free speech. There have been further indications Newsom is preparing to beef up his war chest for a national run. According to CNBC, a Wall Street executive who raised money for Biden's 2020 election campaign met with Newsom in recent weeks. Governor's also been networking with Heather Podesta, a veteran D.C. lobbyist, to meet with dozens of wealthy donors for a Democratic Governors Association event. The insiders also confirm Newsom is speaking with political consultants with national election experience. The Democratic fundraiser noted the governor has gotten much more moderate in the last few years. Oh my goodness, really? (laughs) After many years waving the progressive banner, including championing gay marriage in San Francisco, where he was mayor from 2004 to 2011. Historically, presidential candidates have had to play more politically in the center to win in the general election. But you get what's going on now. This is a man who's trying to position himself as the future president of the United States. What do you think of this guy? Do you think he has much of a chance? What are your thoughts? We'd love to hear them. Stay with us. Final stretch to the Vince Coakley radio program. Over on the text line. (laughs) Remember Rush called Edwards, the Brett girl. After the shampoo, Newsom is the new Breck girl. Can you imagine if the whole country was California? Eee, that's pretty scary. Another Bill Clinton, this texter said. Yeah, that's not exactly what we need right now. (laughs) Time for us to take a look at the day in history. How are we doing today, Chris? I'm doing well. I hope you are. Not bad at all. We have uh, a few questions here, and uh, 
I think this is kind of like a, I guess you can call this a 50-50 list. You know, some, you know, difficult ones in here and some that are not terribly bad. So let's kick right into it. Beginning in 1519, this person left Spain with five ships looking for a western route to the Spice Islands. This is that other person I told you about who has a GPS system named after him. Uh, Ma Magellan. Magellan is correct. You remembered. 1850 is next. This city, the nation's capital, banned this practice. This ended up being before the rest of the country. The capital of this country. What did they ban? What was the year again? 1850. Oh, uh, slavery. You're right. They banned the slave trade officially. 1850. 1946. This is a film festival that takes place in Europe. I don't remember what uh, country this is. But uh, it started in 1946. It was originally supposed to start in 1939. It was delayed by World War II. What is this film festival? The Cannes Film Festival? You're correct. The Cannes Film Festival, 1946. Wow, you're three for three already. 1952, scientists confirmed that this holds hereditary data. Three letters that we use all the time. Very common in investigations. NFL? <laughs> Actually, DNA, DNA okay. is what holds hereditary data. You said common in investigations. Those yeah. guys can't stay out of trouble. Ooh, that, was the, that was a nice shot. That I was, like that was that the one. joke. But. That was pretty good. I got to hand it to you for that one. 1969 has a musical question, which I hope we can queue up and uh, serve up to you shortly. We go to 1973. This woman triumphed over Bobby Riggs in the Battle of the Sexes. Who was she? It was uh, Billie Jean King. Billie Jean King is absolutely correct. 1977, the UN officially admitted this socialist country after we spent many, many uh, millions of dollars and uh, lost many lives there. The Socialist Republic of what? Admitted to the UN in 1977. China. No, it's actually Vietnam. Vietnam was admitted. 1984. We lost a lot of people to China, though. Yeah, that's very Last true. Last couple of years. Very true. 1984. A suicide bomber killed 22 in an attack on the U.S. Embassy in this country. What was it? 1984. Wow. Middle East is your hint. Uh, Where they always have terrorists bombings for some reason uh, Beirut you hit it on the head I knew you knew this one Beirut Lebanon is where it happened 2001 some would say this was an infamous speech President Bush addressing a joint session of Congress declaring a war on this what was it terrorism a war on terror and 2011 this was a policy repealed in the military, opening the door for gays to serve in the military, what was repealed? Don't ask, don't tell. 
don't ask, don't tell is absolutely positively correct. Now let's see if I can correctly play this for you. Right. This is a song that raced up the charts to number one in 1969. See if you can figure out who it is and the name of the song. Uh, Candy Girl by the Archies. You know, I'm kind of uh, the official title. Here it is. That's the official title. It's Sugar Sugar by the Archies. Uh, but... You got the lyrics from it. Uh, absolutely correct. Well, that the Archies had a real song is is interesting. <laughs> that a cartoon had a real song. Is interesting. <laughs> this is uh, I have never. The funny thing is, I'm I'm playing this video. I have never seen these guys before. I mean, maybe I saw it, you know, ages ago, but nonetheless, you've you know, never watched the Archies. Good for them. No, I don't think I did. It's You're not missing anything. <laughs> I think there are a lot of people out there who would certainly agree. Final story to share with you. You're familiar with Arsenio Hall, yeah. actor and talk show host. Well, he didn't have much to laugh about recently since detectives say his L.A. house, the target of not one, but two break-ins. According to LAPD... He was at home Saturday around 11 a.m. when he heard a loud noise coming from downstairs. He walked down to find someone had broken the glass on a sliding door in an effort to get in. However, one occurrence last month was far scarier. Cops claimed that two guys smashed a window, entered his house in August. Arsenio was home at the time. The intruders were scared, and they fled before taking anything. So, two times within a month... Now they're trying to figure out who is this person, who are these people, and hopefully there won't be a third time. I'd be a little concerned. That's all the time we have. Thanks a lot for joining us. Have yourselves a great day, and God bless you. Adios. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.